American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fence side. Inside. It ain't the left side. Thank you, Solidy. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL. On Twitter, Paul is fanatic underscore pick. The Dolphins play the Patriots this weekend in Week 15. Huge game for the Dolphins. They are currently favored in Miami by three points. Uh, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff. We're joined here by our Patriots correspondent, Derek Havens. Be sure to follow him on his Twitter handle, at Patriots Haven, that's H-A-V-E-N, and also on his podcast, The Fourth and Two Podcast. Derek, thanks for joining us here today. Thanks for having me on, Brian. Good to, good to be here. Absolutely. So, you know, things will look a little different than uh, than week one when the Dolphins played the Patriots. They won that game. The Patriots won that game 21-11, to where I believe the Patriots ran for 211 yards on the ground. The big change for the Patriots obviously this year has been going from Tom Brady to Cam Newton and just an odd stat line I mean Cam Newton's thrown for five only five touchdowns all year and ran for 11 Um, but my question to you Derek I I couldn't help but see a tweet of yours recently that were, were you were actually hoping that Jared Stidham got the starts the rest of the way as opposed to Cam Newton can you uh unwrap that a little bit well, you know, it's a combination of things. And obviously, since week one, these two teams are very different from where they were at the beginning. And, the, and you know, if you just go look back on just week one, specifically in a vacuum, and we talked about it when you had me on the show to start the season, uh, you know, with we didn't know what kind of offense the Patriots were going to bring that day. And that's really the only day they've kind of debuted that, you know, I wouldn't say wildcat offense, but it was a lot of kind of ground and pound, a lot of quarterback options. You know, and, and it was just kind of an – it was a, just a different kind of offense than what we've seen in the past. And they the Patriots have moved away from that quite a bit. I mean, they still run the ball a lot, and that's what they want to do with Cam. But that was that was Cam Newton's best game run as a pure runner on the year. Uh, you know, I mean, he just doesn't move as quickly as he used to. And, you know, to your point about how many rushing touchdowns he has, I mean, they've, they've struggled to move the ball offensively all year long. And there's a lot of different factors for why that hap- why, why that's happened. But it really gets difficult for them in the red zone. And the last couple, I would say the last, I don't know, six or seven weeks of the season, defenses are basically just selling out to stop the run and daring the Patriots to try to throw the ball, and they just can't do it. So it's one of those things that when, you, when, you're, when the Patriots are able to get into the red zone or get towards the goal line, they're going to send Cam Newton – you know, just kind of as a power, as a, you know, basically as a, a QB sneak with like a power run. And that's, they've done that all throughout the season with whether that was Seattle week two or, 
you know, just last week even uh, versus the Rams, they tried to do that twice on the goal line and was stopped and was stopped by Sean McVay's defense. Yeah, so looking at their weapons here too, because obviously that that's got to be the other part of the equation here. I mean, Julian Edelman's missed the last two months, might return in this game here. Nikhil Harry's obviously been a major disappointment, uh, and and the tight end position's really been nowhere to be found there in the passing game. You know, what are the who are the weapons that Dolphins fans should be looking out for in this game uh, at Cam Newton's disposal? So I would say right now, Damian Harris, um, who is a little banged up with an ankle injury, but he should be good to go. He's been phenomenal as a runner. But as far as the passing game goes, uh, we haven't really seen much from the tight end position. It's been two years now where they haven't really been able to address the tight end position. The veteran Ryan Izzo is in on IR. They have two rookies, Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene, who have really yet to prove anything um, at this level. So it's been it's been hard because the tight end position is basically non-existent. And as far as receivers go, Julian Edelman, you know, Belichick described him as day-to-day. He hasn't been activated or anything off IR. I really don't expect him to play for uh, the Patriots the rest of the season. I'm not even sure he plays another game in a Patriots uniform, which is a side topic for a different day. But um, as far as receivers go, who you should focus on, Jacoby Myers, uh, former NC State quarterback who turned receiver, and he's been really, really consistent in terms of just kind of finding soft spots in the defense and able to move the chains. And then obviously with, um, you know, you have Demir Bird who adds a little bit of speed on the edges. And Nikhil Harry, like you said, big disappointment. In terms of, you know, statistical production, I think he's like 18th in in his own draft class. Uh, you know, and numbers aren't everything, but wow. I mean, when you're when you're the second when you're the second receiver taken off the board, only bes- only besides you know Marquise Hollywood Brown for the Baltimore Ravens, you know there are going to be a lot of eyes on you there. So he just has not been able to find yeah. any footing, and it's been it's been tough. But I, I realized a second ago I didn't really answer your question. You initially asked me why I wanted to turn to Jarrett Stidham, and my reason being is the fact that look, Patriots playoff chances I think are down to like two or three percent if it's over for the season you know and and you know some for for fans that are holding that door or that window open you know it's it's not going to happen so in my mind you have to figure out what Jarrett Stidham is is he a backup is he a project you can still work with is someone who you could maybe move with forward now you're only going to get a couple of game snapshot you know a snapshot of him but I'd like to see more of okay, yeah, instead of just a blowout win or loss one way or the other, which is the only time you've ever seen him, I'd like to see him have a full week being prepared as a starter, first team reps, start a game, 0-0, zero, zero, just see how he looks. And I think Bill Belichick is reluctant to do that until the door is officially shut because I don't know if he feels – he thought I said the other day he, that Cam Newton yeah. um, gives them their best chance to win – but I think that he doesn't want to send a bad message to the team thinking like, okay, we're kind of punting on those last couple of games of the season. I do wonder if we'll see him at the end of the year, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I know that Newton was benched at the end of last game, uh, you know, largely it, it, it wasn't an official move, but you know, he's definitely going to start in this game, but yeah, you, you have a good point there. I mean, right now the Patriots pick 16th in the NFL draft. And like we talked about off the air, I mean, you could see five quarterbacks go in the first round and a lot of them very high. So you, you kind of got to know, is Jared Stidham, is, can he be a placeholder for a year? Does he have the upside to be a starter or, or is do the Patriots really have to get desperate a quarterback 
here in 2021. Yeah, and then he throws a Stidham throws a great football, and um, you know he look at times he looks really good, but we've only seen him in such a limited time. And a lot of these, it's hard for guys to be thrown in in the middle of blowouts or you know one like I said one way or the other, especially last week versus the Rams. They were that that game was basically not competitive after like the first drive was over for the Rams and it was just kind of just punt punt and there's the game but it's like okay you're asking you're throwing the guy you know into the mix here against a defense that was really just teeing up on an offensive line but that has genuinely been very good for the Patriots all season but they just were out best by one of the better front sevens in the league and you know that, that just happens any given you know any given day they say so I just feel like, for me, I'd like to see a little bit more of Stidham just to kind of give us a bigger picture. Is he going to be here, or is this someone you've got to move on from? It was only a fourth-round draft pick, but you'd like to have more of a complete, you know, I guess snapshot of the entire position in order to make a decision moving forward because, you know, like we talked about off the air, you mentioned it. A lot of quarterbacks could be taken in the first round, probably, you know, close to five, I'd imagine, and I'd say four are pretty much locked into the, you know, the top half of the first round at this juncture at least. And there's sure. going to be a lot of veteran quarterbacks kind of traveling around the, the carousel. It's going to be a it's going to be a big uh, transition year, I think, for the NFL as a whole. And it'll be fascinating with the cap ramifications where that number lands. You know, you have some big quarterback decisions by you know the Falcons, the Lions, the Eagles, the Saints, the Patriots. And I I just wonder, you know, how where the chips fall. I think we're looking at an incomplete picture right now, but I think in a couple of months we'll have a lot to talk about. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned uh, there too, Damian Harris. And I've got to say, when the Patriots drafted him uh, out of Alabama, I thought this was going to be your typical Alabama plugging running back, you know, kind of like Mark Ingram. He's a lot faster than I thought. And I think he's he's looked very, very explosive here when he's gotten on the field. He's averaging over five yards a carry for the year. Shockingly, Sony Michelle, who's been out most of the year and is back now, is averaging over five yards a carry as well. So, you know, the Patriots are fourth overall in yards on the ground here this year. You know, is it safe to say that this offense is going through Damian Harris right now? Yeah, I I definitely, it's certainly going through the ground game. They want to run the ball and kind of control the clock, limit mistakes and, you know, throw the ball, you know, when, when they can, but they're so limited passing, you know, as as a passing offense, it's, it's, the, the Patriots passing offense is quite frankly not at a professional level. I mean, it's just not. They don't have, they don't, they, their quarterback is kind of lumbering. His mechanics get real sloppy. Ironically, Cam Newton's throwing the ball, you know, medium to long range looks way better than if he has to throw the ball within 10 yards. And they have receivers that lack uh, the ability to get separation. And like I said, I, I, the Patriots have a pretty good running game, but with your, if you're an opposing defense, you know, if I'm Miami, for example, I'm stacking the box and I'm going to bring the house on every play. And yeah, I'm, I might get burned. I might get burned in the secondary by one or two plays, but I know I have a great secondary on the back end. I'm not really threatened by a Patriots receiver. I mean, I would just tee up all day long. And unfortunately, that's what you've seen the last couple of weeks from a Patriots perspective. And you saw that in LA uh, just last Thursday. Yeah. And the Dolphins have been bringing the house quite frequently, regardless of who they're playing. I mean, they bring five or six guys. They play that cover zero look where they don't even have a safety over the top. I imagine they're going to do the same thing here against the Patriots and do it quite. And, and, and so, look, Brian Flores. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Brian. I was going to say, Brian. No, no, Flores, no. Go, go right uh, ahead. Yeah. I mean, you obviously I have a 
pretty intimate knowledge of what he brings to the table. And when the Patriots made the switch from Matt Patricia to Brian Flores, you saw an uptick of a more aggressive nature. And, you know, Patricia did a lot of good things as a coordinator, as a coach, as a different conversation. But, um, you know, for as a defensive coordinator, Patricia did some good things. But there was way too much passive, uh, passive nature, just no aggressiveness at all. It was just kind of like had the defense on their heels. Flores was different. You know, he brings a, he, he, he will take a little bit more of a risk, especially if he trusts his players. And he does trust Miami, and they should, because there's a lot of good players in that defense. But when he was the defensive coordinator for the Patriots, it was a lot more aggressive. They were playing more on their toes, and it was a little bit easier to see. And so I'm not surprised that, you know, he's bringing the house more, because when you have a secondary like that, if you can kind of make something happen up front, usually that leads to more, you know, you know, opportunities for guys in the back end of that defense. Yeah, the Dolphins' defense from week one to week 15, it's going to be fascinating to watch here from our end because in week one, Cam Newton was 15 for 19, 155 yards, didn't throw the ball a lot, but didn't have to. And when he threw the ball those 19 times, the Dolphins couldn't get a finger on him. Um, so this week now coming up, you know, a, a player that, that did very well in the first game against the Dolphins was left tackle Isaiah Wynn. He's on injured reserve now. Jermaine Illuminor has replaced him, and he's questionable for the game, too. You know, it seems like the Patriots over the years, it doesn't matter who they have on that, you know, Dante Skarnecchia-style offensive line, it's been good. What has the transition been like, uh, you know, since Isaiah Wynn has left the lineup, if any? Well, there's been a little bit of a challenge, but they did find – an absolute steal in the sixth round from the, uh, from Michigan, the guard, he's boys play tackle too, but Michael on when um, and he's been unbelievable. Uh, he's stepped in and played all over the Patriots line for them at different parts. Um, and as a rookie, especially like we talked about offline being kind of a COVID, you know, being the COVID year. And there's a lot of different circumstances for a lot of these guys as a rookie to come in, play right tackle, play right guard, left guard. He's played left tackle. They've moved him all over the place. He's pretty much a fixture on that line now. Um, he's really made things a lot easier because before the season, the Patriots had more opt-outs than anybody in the league. And the right tackle, Marcus Cannon, was one of them. So that was already kind of a big you know, hit to begin with. And Isaiah Wynn, the left tackle, as you pointed out, he's been very good when he's been on the field, but he's been, he's been hurt about half his time he's been a pro. So there's a durability concern there. So it, they've had to move around a lot of pieces, and I, they, they have done a very good job. Their offensive line has been tremendous, again, outside of this last Thursday where they kind of got beat like a dirty rug. So it's just how it, just how it goes sometimes. Yeah, and Marcus, Marcus Cannon had um, Hodgkin's lymphoma in, in the pre-draft in 2011, so yeah, definitely a good reason a, for him. TCU. Yeah, to opt out of the – yeah. yeah, TCU uh, in 2011, and so, yeah, definitely a good reason for him to – to opt out with, with the concerns out there. Um, so on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, the Patriots, the, the way I've, I've seen them, they were just a dominant defense in the first you know, nine or 10 games last year. I mean, maybe the weaker schedule had a little bit to do with that, but overall still a very impressive unit here. Um, the last three weeks now for the Patriots, they've only allowed one touchdown pass in three games to Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, and Jared Goff. So you know, it's, it seems like that secondary still is the staple of not only the defense, but the entire team. Well, yeah, like you said, I mean, the Patriots were rolling through the first half of last year, really until that Monday night game against Baltimore. That was an absolute just, 
uh, just of walloping by Baltimore, right? And then there were some struggles towards the end. And, you know, as the Dolphins got the victory, you know, the last week of the season, that was kind of, in my mind, that was the end of the season right there because you knew going into the playoffs that this team just didn't have it. They were falling apart. And a lot of that was the defense a little bit, but the offense was showing some early signs of really what they turned into this year. And the Patriots' defense this season started off a little bit slow, but you have to think with, again, not to blame everything on COVID, okay, Because that's it, but it, it, the, the opt-outs and everything did have a major factor. So when you lose, when you lose two of your best defenders, um, two opt-outs with Donta Hightower and Patrick Chung, two guys who have won, who know the defense, who can help set guys up. Um, you know, it will it will definitely have a trickle-down effect. Not to mention they lost their two other linebackers, Kyle Van Noy, obviously, to the Dolphins, and Jamie Collins to the Lions. So when Bill, Bill Belichick's defense is really, to me, you can find out what defenses are his better ones by looking at the linebacker core. When he has good linebackers, that defense usually – is very good. And um, this year, it took them several weeks to kind of kind of feel out the new process. There's a lot of young guys on this, on this defense, but I think people have settled in now to more defined roles, and there's a little bit more comfortability there. And so I think you've seen, I think you've seen, you know, kind of more of their true colors. You know, it, it, it's a good defense. It's not a great defense, but they, uh, they've done a good job the last couple of weeks at least keeping points down. But part of that, Brian, is really how they want to play. You know, they, they don't want a high-scoring shootout. They want to win games 23-17, you know, or, you know, 17-13 or whatever because they're not putting up a lot of points on the other side of the ball. Yeah, and I look back at the last just couple of weeks here. I mean, they, they win that 23-17 game uh, on Sunday night against Baltimore when it was in a torrential downpour. But they right. they also won twenty to seventeen against Arizona, so they beat another good team. It seems like that's the way that they need to win football games here this year. And looking defensively too, I can't help but notice that, or anybody everybody noticed on Thursday night. I mean, Cam Akers runs for one hundred and seventy one yards on the ground. Um, pretty uncharacteristic for that to happen. They've only let up two one hundred yard rushers all year, and it's it's been almost two months since they did that before the Rams game. You know. You know the the defense better than I do. What what happened there in run defense for the Patriots? Oh, it was just a, it was just poor execution stopping the run. Um, you know, or and setting and really really just setting the edge. I thought the effort level Thursday night was was horrible. And I don't know what the Patriots they played um, the Chargers uh, in uh, the fall the previous Sunday. Excuse me. They stayed and practiced. They stayed in California, practiced at UCLA all week. Then they played the Rams on Thursday night. And it was like two different teams. And it really was, one, you saw a high level of effort, a lot of energy. They looked prepared. And next week, they looked like they they weren't really expecting certain wrinkles. But really, they just didn't do a good job up front. You know, John Simon, who's a rotational player for them, but plays a certainly a good amount, especially this year, um, just really had a, had a rough game setting the edge. Obviously, it's not on him. But, you know, run defense. It, it comes down to effort a lot more than than other things, uh, and so it's. I just thought it was just. It looked like a team that either didn't want to be there or wasn't ready. It just. It was not a good look. And uh, you know, like you said, they the Patriots have genuinely generally done a good job taking away what the other team likes to do best. And uh, you know, they didn't do that on either side of the ball. They the Rams were able to run the ball with a lot of success. And on the flip side, 
you know, a guy they've had a lot of success versus Aaron Donald, he took over the game. So they weren't prepared on either side of the ball, and they lost the game in the trenches flat out. Certainly. And defensively, yeah, they it's pretty uncharacteristic for them to let, uh, allow that type of yardage on the ground. You know, they're very good against the pass compared to the rest of the league, too. So, you know, and, and really, thanks for what you said there on the front seven. Every time I look at the Patriots roster and try to preview one of these games, I, I don't know where anyone's going to line up. I mean, Chase Winovich, is he, a, is he a linebacker? Is he an end? Same thing for John Simon. Lawrence Guy, is he an end or a defensive tackle? I, I, it, it just seems like Brian Flores has kind of adopted this positionless style of defense here from from Bill Belichick because that's I have no idea where any Patriots going to line up from week to week and honestly it's 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 fun to watch and I and I love it and I love the you know I I love the style of play I like the idea of it you know where they move guys around constantly a rookie Josh Uche out of of Michigan's been moving a lot you mentioned Chase Winovich Um, you know it's like they've been moving guys around a lot and yeah I've seen Flores do that they moved Kyle Van Noy a ton last year um, you know, it's like it keeps. I think it keeps opposing offenses, you know, on their toes, and you don't know where guys are dropping to, or if they're dropping in coverage, if they're if they're you know going after the quarterback, if, you know. And I think it just helps bring an extra wrinkle of kind of confusion because there's so much that goes on pre-snap, and uh, you know, obviously the rules in the modern day game are catered towards offenses to score a lot anyway. So it just it's a good wrinkle to try to help the defense you know, kind of throw off the offense a little bit, you know, before the ball snaps. You bet. And before we get into the prediction too, and this is a, this is an honest question here, Derek is right now, like we said, the Patriots are, are picking 16th in the NFL draft and, you know, two, three, 4% chance of making the playoffs. So we're in agreement that they won't. Do you want the Patriots to win this game or are you looking more toward Heck, I'd rather have them just win six or seven games, get higher so that they have a better chance to land like a Zach Wilson from BYU. Yeah, you know what? That's a great that's a great question. Is it's been a great debate, you know, for Patriots fans since the season started. And before the Patriots signed Cam Newton, I did not want them to bring uh him in because I didn't think that the Patriots were a quarterback away anyway. I wanted to play to them from the start because I thought that the worst thing that could happen is that you find out he's not the guy. And I, I've said from the beginning of the season, I'm not worried about, you know, I knew this team was not going to be a legitimate contender. They could, they could have snuck into the playoffs potentially. You know, they've only, there's been several games throughout the season that really have been decided by one or two plays. And, and that's typical for a lot of teams, but this team could easily have won a couple more games than they lost, but they weren't able to execute. And, and Hey, they've won some games. They probably shouldn't, but and they've kind of fallen right where they are. Right. So, I would say, for me, this year was all about finding out who your building blocks are moving forward. You know, play the young guys, see what they have. What do you need? How can you best rebuild this team moving forward? Because it's not going to be a one-year fix. Everyone knew that when Tom Brady was gone and eventually when Bill's gone too, that you're going to have to rebuild. You're going to have to figure out who the guys are moving forward. And I think that's been um, a kind of an ongoing question. For me personally, I thought that they would go somewhere in the range of six and 10 to eight and eight. It's hard. You don't really want to root for your team to lose, but I wasn't necessarily rooting for them to win <laughs> either. Right. So it's, oh, oh, it's we've, been, we've been there. We've been there. Yeah. I, I can tell yeah. you that. I mean, <laughs> just last year, actually usually in week 15, that is the only debate going on. 
among Dolphins fans is do you actually want to win these last couple of games or do you want to get a higher draft position? So I, I, I was interested to get your thoughts on that. And yeah, the Patriots roster now, I mean, you, you look at the Josh Uche's and, and Kyle Duggar and, and, and Mike uh, Wenu there at right tackle, who's like you said, has done a phenomenal job. These guys have to get snaps because once you do have the money and you do have the draft picks, that's when that's when you need to take the step forward, not necessarily yeah, and the pa- and the, six and seven. Exactly, and the Patriots have a lot of cap money, depending on where the you know final number ends. That you know we'll wait to see, but they're going to have a lot of cap space. But they're also going to have to replace a lot of guys. I don't think Edelman's coming back. I'm not sure. I'm not sure McCord, um, uh, Devin McCourty or Jason McCourty are going to be back. Dante Hightower, Marcus Cannon, I, both of those guys are rumored to retire. So there's going to as much as people. It's funny because people look at it whether they're Patriots fans or fans of another team, they look at it and say, wow, there's so much that's changed for New England last year to this year. It's going to be even more next year. It's going to be even a bigger transition. This is just the beginning of it. Now, how fast how fast they get back to being competitive will ultimately depend on their decisions over this offseason and, and, you know, moving forward. And obviously the biggest piece of that puzzle is the quarterback, but Right now, to me, I just want to see the young guys play. You know, you could look at it and say, hey, it'd be, it'd be fun to beat, you know, the Dolphins and try to get them back a little bit after them, you know, after the Dolphins beating the Patriots Week 17 last year. But on the flip side, if you're a Patriots fan, you know, does a win really matter that much if you're out of the playoffs in December when you could be, if you lose the last couple of games, you could move up four or five spots in the draft and actually have a chance at getting a quarterback, which obviously is the first piece to any big rebuild is, Who's your guy under center moving forward for the next 10 to 15 years? Certainly. It seems like a lot of roles uh, have reversed here you know, from yeah. the beginning of the year and last year. I mean, because uh, the Patriots are playing spoiler now uh, and they have the opportunity. It's not a big line. It's last I checked, it was Dolphins were favored by three points at home. What is your score prediction for this game, Derek? Well, this game to me, I think it's going to be a rock fight. When I, I've seen a spread anywhere between two and a half to three and a half favoring the Dolphins. The over/under last time I checked was 40, 41 and a half. I think that's a good number. You know, I it's hard to tell people to bet the under when it's only around forty points. You know, but I, I do think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Um, and look, typically in these games, uh, you know, in tight kind of rock fight kind of games, you, it comes down to a couple of big things. Obviously, turnovers, which the Dolphins have been excellent at, you know, not turning the ball over themselves and forcing the other team to turn the ball over, okay? And special teams is a big one. The Patriots are the best special teams unit in the league, at, you know, in terms of DVOA. Miami's third. They're right there. So it's going to be close, I think, defensively special teams. I think it's really going to come down to the red zone. And I think Miami will – they have more talent right now. They're playing, uh, you know, better balance. They have a better passing game. I think the Dolphins are going to win this game. Uh, I'm going to go with that same score that we, we, we've talked about. I think 23-17 is right in that range. I could see it being – I could even see it being as low as like 17-13. to 13. I do think it's going to be a relatively low-scoring game. I've had – I have this game here. Usually we give our, our – I give my prediction here on our Saturday morning show. But, yeah, I, I'm going to have this 16-13, to 13, and I'm not sure which way I'm going. I've got kind of a weird feeling about this game. In, in week 15, you know, especially with Bill Belichick having won his last nine games against rookie quarterbacks, it's going to be a big test. That to me is, 
a lot of people were saying that the Chiefs game for the Dolphins and for Tua was the big test. I think it's this week. I think it's Bill Belichick against Tua. That's the major test. And right now, I'm also picking the under if it's 41. And I'm going to go 16 to 13 in one direction. I haven't honestly decided which way yet. Well, if I make a brief, if I can make a brief case for the Patriots to win, and like I said, I don't think they're going to, but if they do, I think it will be because of a couple factors. One, Belichick versus Flores. I think that'll be an interesting cat and mouse game in this, but we'll see. We'll see who wins that. But really, how, what Tua, um, how is he able to adapt to what Bill throws at him? Like you've said, the Patriots and Bill Belichick have been very good against rookie quarterbacks and young quarterbacks specifically, right? And it, you know, if they're able to get to him, not even with sacks, but just pressure, maybe force him to to roll more to the right. You know, because he's left-handed, that could cause some issues there. If the Patriots are able to run the ball successfully and make Tua uncomfortable, I do think it's going to be um, a good chance for the Patriots to win. I just don't have a whole lot of faith, and a lot of that becomes down to really how hand-strung the Patriots are offensively right now. I just have – if I'm Brian Flores, I just don't see how you look at the last couple of weeks and just say – Look, I'm, I might have one guy in the, in, at the back end, but it's basically be, it's be closer to cover zero, right? And you're going to be – you're not really worried about Cam Newton running for 20, 30 yards anymore. He did that against Denver, um, you know, several weeks ago at, in garbage time. But really it's, you know, you know five, ten yards at most. And I, I, I'm forcing the Patriots to throw the ball, and I just haven't seen enough from them in the passing game uh, to really do this. I mean – Look, Cam Newton's last three games combined, he's thrown for like 284 yards total. So it's, Yikes. It's, like I said, like I said before, this is not this is not a typical Patriots offense um, as we've well discussed. And there's a lot of work to be done in the offseason in terms of how they can kind of correct this position. Um, and they just haven't been able to they haven't been able to do it. I just I just have a hard time thinking that they're going to go out and do it this year or this week rather. Yeah, it's certainly they're going to have to run for a lot of yards. They ran for over 200 in week one against the Dolphins, and it looks like they're going to have to kind of be in that area again. It Maybe not quite 200, but they, they definitely have to have a lot of success there on the ground. Thank you, Derek, here for joining us on the Fin side. You can follow Derek Havens at Patriots Haven. That's H-A-V-E-N on Twitter. Also check out his podcast there, The Fourth and Two podcast and you can follow paul and i on the fin side on facebook twitter spreaker itunes youtube iHeartRadio, and spotify i'm brian cat nfl paul is fanatic underscore pick and if it's not in the right side and it's not on the left side it is on the fin side so let take us home it ain't the left side or the right side and it must be the fin side it ain't the left side or the right side and it must be the fin side Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what we're